Well, good morning. Welcome this morning to Milestone Church. My name is Pastor Chris. I'm the campus pastor here. And uh, as Alex said, each and every week it's someone's first time. That's a big deal to us. So if this is your first time, welcome. Uh, if I hadn't had a chance to meet you, I look forward to meeting you uh, after service. We're so honored that you're here today. I love stories like this, stories of generosity, the generosity that, that you're making uh, in people's lives, the impact you're making because of your generosity in, in people's lives. And I want to thank you again for being such a generous church. And uh, I shared a little bit last week. I'm not going to go too into it today, but we talked a little bit about uh, our fall campaign called United that's going to be coming up. We'll have small groups that will be uh, going on during that time. We'll have a series we'll all do together. But one of the unique things that we have not necessarily done all the time with our small groups is really a really focused emphasis on you as a small group serving those around you, right? We're all wanting to serve, and we have serve day that we do um, one time during the year, but honestly, we're serving all the time. We have different groups that serve at different times, and that's why we're showing these generosity videos to you, but we're going to take the moment as a small group where you're able to go and say, you know what, say your small group hears about a coworker. You hear you have a neighbor down the road and you come together as a small group. Whereas historically, we generate the projects for you, you're gonna generate the projects. And you're gonna help come up with some things on uh, how we can serve those around us. So again, thank you so much for your generosity. Excited about United. We're gonna do a study in the book of Ephesians together. We're gonna do small groups and it's gonna be an amazing time. And uh, we're excited about what is going to transpire in that season. Well, today is prepare kickoff, and if this is your first time with us, you may say, prepare, what is prepare? I was not prepared for prepare. Well, I'm going to share with you today what prepare is. Uh, hopefully, many of you have this card with you. This is your prepared prayer point card. All P's. You like that? Like a good preacher. Everything's a P, right? You know, just wait till I get to the message. You're going to be like, I'm astounded. They're all P's, all right? But I want you to take this out. We're going to come back to this in just a little bit. This is going to be important for you. And uh, I'm going to explain to you uh, just kind of the, the importance of using this and what the next few nights are going to look like. And you may say, what is prepare? What is prepare kickoff? Well, historically what we've done, and it started years ago uh, with Pastor Jeff, our lead pastor at our main campus in Keller, uh, Friday nights they would do prayer meetings, Friday nights, and it was just an emphasis and a time of just, God, we're believing in you, and they did that as a small launch team when they started. And then through the years, it grew where we would set aside the first part of every year, and we would have uh, three evenings. We'd do night services. We'd fast together. We'd pray together, and uh, we'd worship and have messages together. And we have always done it going into the new year at the beginning of the year. Well, how many of you know unprecedented times require and call for an unprecedented response? And just through prayer, through conversations, uh, Pastor Jeff feeling, and then us discussing as a lead team, saying, we feel like now is the time. We need to have a fall prepare. And it's not because we're trying to get anyone to more services. We're not trying to busy your schedule. You're already busy. And many of you started school uh, just this past week, or maybe you're starting next week, and you can feel like there's so much going on. But here's what I've learned in life. The more that life and the demands of life require of me, and, and I see this in myself, okay, as a pastor, as someone who's building the kingdom. So we all experience it just as humans. As the demand in life increases, the emphasis on being spiritually prepared can decrease. 
because it's not as demanding. It's not as in front of us and in our face coming up as calendar reminders, coming in as emails, uh, as you know, things for your kids or different projects, coming in as Zoom calls. And I was talking to some students in between services. They're like, yeah, we've got a Zoom class and then we have a five minute break. I was like, I guess we're trying to simulate like going in the halls from class to class. I don't know. You know, it's like Zoom break, you know, or, uh, uh, and then you got to hop on Zoom again. So there's a lot going on and it can be easy to go, okay, I've got too much. But this is a time where we say, I'm going to push pause. There's a lot going on, but I want to engage and really just go, I want to be spiritually prepared. I want to take a moment and just emphasize on really spiritually preparing myself for all that God has in store for me for the rest of 2020. And there is still so much left that God is wanting to do, not just in 2020, but in your life. I firmly believe your best days are ahead of you. And that God has got things in store for you. And so this moment is a time where we stop and we fast, we pray, we have services. You're going to be able to join online. Some of you, your schedule, you may work evenings or, you know, you're not able to be here uh, for service. You can watch online. You can join us on site or online. And there's some other details we'll give you. You can go online and find out more details. We are asking you to register. We have a full house today here and in the balcony. And so we know that, listen, it could be full in here. We want to make sure there's good social distancing. There's good room. It's safe. We have stuff for your kids during that time as well. And so we are asking you to register for each service you plan on attending so we know how to be uh, ready to best serve you. So make sure that you do that. You sign up and register online. You know, one of the things that has been kind of consistent, I don't know if you've noticed this, kind of in 2020, is kind of this whole, and maybe you're familiar with this phrase, I'm just kind of learning it, I'm realizing at 42, I thought I'm cool, and I feel like I'm cool, but kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm on the outs, you know, we've got some of the, you know, younger staff, that kind of help me out, and, you know, they're like, Pastor Chris, we say this, we do that, we don't do this, we don't do that anymore, I was like, bomb. Do we say that anymore? I don't know. I don't, did we ever say that? I don't know. I, just, I don't know. That just came to me. You know, they're like, no, don't say that, Pastor Chris. We don't do that anymore. That's so like, you know, January 2020. It's like, it's amazing how like, you know, it's like, you know, if you saw the picture this past week, you know, it was a picture of a full restaurant and it was like, you know, eating out with your friends uh, 2019, and then it was like eating out with your friends 2020. It's like a bunch of empty tables and it was like 10 people. Things change. And one of the things that I've heard just recently, you have this, this, and it didn't just start in 2020, it's kind of been going on, but this whole aspect of this cancel culture, right? This culture of just going, man, if I don't like it or I don't agree with it, I'm going to cancel this, cancel that, I cancel you, I cancel you, cancel everything, you know, it's like cancel, 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 you know, and it's like, what, what is happening? And I think at times, there are things that truth is, in our own life, as we grow, we start recognizing, I probably should cancel that. You know, I can remember as a kid coming home, like when I left that morning, I was watching Nickelodeon and when I got home, there was no Nickelodeon. There's like static on the TV. I'm like, dad, what's happening? He's like, we canceled cable. I was like, why did we cancel cable? He's like, it wasn't in the budget. I was like, well, thank you, dad. I appreciate that. Now that I'm an adult, I've got kids and I got to pay for cable. I'm like, cancel cable. You know, it's like, you know, cancel it all. Like, cut the cable, you know, get a, get a, uh, you know, an Apple TV or whatever. And so you have this, can- but can I tell you one thing I don't think we should cancel? It's spiritual preparation. When you're in the middle of, of I'm going to cancel this, I'm going to cancel that, sometimes, you know, you just start canceling things and getting rid of stuff, but the thing that we don't need to cancel is spiritual preparation, the things that God's wanting to do inside of our life. 
Because here's what spiritual preparation does. It creates a greater measure of dependency. What I want to talk to you about today over the next few minutes is this, is deciding on dependency. I want you to decide to learn what it looks like to be spiritually dependent. Now, that's a hard word. Dependency, we don't really like dependency. If you've got older teenagers, you've got college-age students, mom and dads, you're going, no, nah, I, don't, I don't want, when can I get them off the payroll? Like, I'm not looking for them to be dependent. They got, it's time to move on, time to move on, time to move on, right? So you look at those things. But that's different than when it comes down to spiritual dependencies. You see, when we grow and we, we want to grow in our relationship with God, what begins to happen is we deepen a greater measure of spiritual dependency. Jesus knows this. He sees this. He recognized this. I want you to open up your Bibles, John chapter 15. We're going to get there in just a minute, but I, I want us to understand something that, you know, it's so easy when we look at this cancel culture to go, I'm going to cancel 2020. I don't think we cancel 2020. Can I tell you what we need to do? We capitalize on 2020. We capitalize in saying what has been a challenging, difficult, unprecedented, unique, unexpected year can be the, 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 the genesis of something new happening in our lives spiritually, of us growing in a greater measure of dependency on Jesus, growing in our spiritual dependency, that we might be able to grow and become who God has called us to be, and that's what he's calling us into. That's who he's calling us to become. You see, we're, we're all experiencing these things, and it, it gets hard in the season we're in. It gets hard because we, we go, okay, prepare. I'm gonna, I want to pray, and, and Katie's talking about writing prayers, and, and, and all right, God, I'm trusting in you. I'm believing in you. All these things, like, it gets hard. Like You go, well, what if God doesn't answer my prayer? Oh, we just got done singing about faith. God, you're able, you're able, you're able. I think about God's faithfulness and how he's in my own life. And some of you in here, I watch you sometimes. I'll be honest. I'm like, you know, I kind of got one. I'll worship one eye open. I kind of watch y'all worship a little bit. Just being honest. And I see y'all just worshiping. And, I, and for some of you, more than others, I know where God has brought you. I know what he's done in your life. And when I see you lifting your hands and worshiping, you know what I'm seeing? You recognizing God's faithfulness in your own life, and it's amazing. It's amazing to see how God works and he moves inside of each one of our lives. So we set aside time like prepare, but it's not just a good idea and we don't do it as an event. It really is a moment. That moment turns into a movement because it's creating something inside of us. So it's hard to recognize this, and it's hard to reconcile this because we're going, God, are you really going to meet me? Are you really, gonna, are you really faithful? Are you going to answer my prayer? It's, it's hard because we've been isolated, and, 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 and at times we, in being isolated, we're not sure what to do, so we move too fast. I'm guilty of that. I just kinda, I'm just going to strive. I'm going to move harder. I'm going to push harder. And what I've recognized and realized in my own life is this, is that the striving that I do actually doesn't get me closer to God. It pushes me away from Him because I'm resting in my own strength. I'm going to share with us on Wednesday just some of the things, and I'm still just asking the Lord to help me with it, but one of the things He's been speaking to me, and He's kind of in intensified what He's telling me personally from my own life, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I got to tell myself that a lot because can I tell you what I do 
It is by might. It is by power. I'm going to push, push, push. I got years of experience. I've been here before. I've done this before. I know what to do. I know to, and I rely on myself. See, because what begins to happen is self-indulgence and self-sufficiency in the season that we're in can be in an all-time high. We just push, 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 grow, go, go. So, so it can be hard because we just try and move too fast. It can be hard because when we isolate, we feel discouraged, we feel depressed. We get in an echo chamber of just hearing the same thing over and over. And sometimes that echo chamber is being with a group of people that seemingly keep telling us the same thing over and over and over again. Or we're in an echo chamber in our own mind. And the, the, that self-talk that we have, well, it's, it's the end of the world. It's chicken little. It's now, you know, this is it. Nothing's going to happen. And you just, can I tell you something? What, uh, you hear me say it all the time. What you focus on, you fixate over. What you focus on, you'll move towards. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And if that's what you think it's going to be like, I'm not talking about just optimism, pie in the sky. Let's just have, you know, pretend like nothing needs to be addressed or that things aren't hard. Things are hard. Things are challenging. We do have to work on things. But when you understand that God's with you and he's for you and he's faithful, then you begin to move towards those things and you start recognizing how he's doing that in your life. Okay, Pastor Chris, I hear you. So, so what's the point? Where are we going? What's the principle? And that's what I really want to share with you. And we're going to share with you, I'm going to share with you from the words of Jesus in John chapter 15. You see, John chapter 15 for many of you, when we start reading it, you may recognize it. It's like I often say, sometimes we know the scriptures, we just don't know the address. You ever been, you know, you're like, I know this, it's in the Bible, you know. That's what we do. When we're not sure of the address, the word of God says, you know, we just kind of throw it out there, right? You know, hey, I'll do that too, you know. Come on, let's be honest, right? Just be transparent. And you're like, man, I know where was it, you know. And thank God for Google. You're like, where is it? You type scripture in and boom, there it is, right? I was having a conversation last night with someone and we were talking about it and I was like, yeah, it's James, like, I think it's one four, and that, you know, and then I'm dyslexic, and so then it's like you know, it gets all sorts of bad. So we get, no, it's like James four something else, you know. It's like, so thank God we know. So you're going to recognize the scripture, John chapter fifteen. But I want to give you context of what's happening around John chapter fifteen. See, in verse thirteen, Jesus is giving this new command: Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. So he's giving this new directive, John chapter 14, he's, he's spending time with the disciples, he's speaking to them, he's encouraging them, he's washing their feet, he's talking to them about how when he goes and dies on the cross for their sins and for our sins, for you and for me, that when he ascends to the right hand of the Father, he, the, the, the Holy Spirit's going to come. He starts talking about this comforter, this helper that's going to come. And sure enough, just a few chapters later, he dies on the cross. But right here in the middle, Jesus is wanting to set their perspective. Lots are going on. Things that they thought were going to look one way are about to change. Anybody experienced that over the last nine months, almost nine months? You know, you're looking back at your New Year's resolution for 2020, and you're like, light that on fire. I mean, what, you know, you're like, go on lots of vacations. You're like, yeah, well, to my backyard, you know, that's the only place I can go, you know. You know the parks around McKinney better than any other, uh, any other area because you're just walking them, you know, your neighborhood. You're like, I didn't even know we had that in the neighborhood, you know. It's like, so you understand and you recognize Jesus is talking to the disciples who intimately know exactly what you're experiencing. Change, unexpected change, 
Things are not happening the way they thought. Things are about to transform and change in a way that they don't even realize. They're hearing him, and he's going, no, you're not hearing me. Yeah, we're listening, you know. Peter denies Jesus, you know, just before this. I would never do that. And if you know the story, he denies Jesus. So here we are, and then we're going to pick up John chapter 15. Jesus is about to give us a principle of what we do to be prepared when things begin to shift and change. John 15, chapter 1, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. You leave the scripture up here. Sorry, I knew you were going to go. He's good. He's on it. Boom. I knew he was going to go. I want you to understand something. I want you to track right here. I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He's giving a picture here. He's, he's, he's sharing with you the intimate relationship that he has with his father, the connection that is there. So he's giving this, this picture of a vine, right, and this gardener that tends to it. And the gardener will tend to this vine. He prunes and he cuts. Can I tell you, pruning and cutting is a measure of preparation. Why? So that it will bear more fruit. This word prune is the same word, the base word in the Greek. It's the same word as this word clean. It's a sanctification process. It's a preparation process for where God is taking you. So Jesus is saying there's this connectivity. And not only is there this connectivity between me, the vine, you, the branches, but I have it with my heavenly father. I have it with him as well. It goes on and it says this. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up. They're thrown into the fire and burned. And if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So do, are you picking up on a, on, a, on a reoccurring theme? Remain, remain, remain. He's the vine. You're the branches. Remain, bear fruit. Remain, bear fruit. Remain, bear fruit. Without remaining, you will not bear fruit. In fact, to the point where he's saying, if you want to glorify my Father... If you want to glorify your heavenly father, you're going, God, I want to honor you. I want to glorify you. Bear fruit. How do you bear fruit? You remain. What does the word remain mean? Here's what the word remain means. I want us to get this because this is really the key. If we're going to be spiritually prepared and ready, not just for the next three nights and what God's wanting to do, not just for the rest of 2020, but for our life. Remain means to continue to exist especially after other similar or related people or things have ceased to exist. Anybody had people or things cease to exist in your life in this season? Yet, what is he saying? You're going to remain. You're going to remain. You're connected. You're connected. There's this connectivity that you have with the vine that allows you to do what? It allows you to bear fruit. You see, the byproduct of remaining is a settled spirit. It's a settling in your soul. 
There's a difference between settling in and settling for. This is not settling for where things are at. We should always be growing and moving forward. But I can be growing and moving forward and not striving. I can be growing and moving forward and be settled in my spirit. God, I remain in you. All this stuff around me is changing. All these things are being canceled. All these feelings and emotions are going on. I don't understand. There is uncertainty. What about my job? What about my finances? What about this? What about that? What about school? How's this going to look? Are they still going to go do virtual for just through anything? Fill in the blank. Yet you can remain. You can remain. Here's what I want you to understand. Here's what I want you to get. This is the key here. Because Jesus sees where you're going. You see, there's some place we're going. There's a purpose. There's bearing fruit. There's things God's wanting to do and will do in our heart and our life. Because he sees where you're going, he always invites you into a greater level of spiritual dependency. He's inviting us. He's inviting you and me. I said it earlier. We don't need to cancel 2020. We need to capitalize on it. We need to capitalize on going, God, you're calling me into a greater measure of dependency. You're calling me in. And so what, what, how do we do that? Where, where do we go? You see, all these things happen, and they become challenging for us. They become, they become hard for us to embrace. But remember, Jesus is telling the disciples this because he's preparing them for what's ahead. They don't realize it. They don't realize what's ahead. He's preparing them for what's ahead. He's speaking to where they're going. It brings clarity in every time. Jesus sees where you're going. He'll call you into a greater measure of dependency. You know, you think about business and business models. You want to talk about businesses that have succeeded. They pivot, and they pivot well, and they pivot quickly. I was watching an interview with, uh, many of you may know him, his name's Simon Sinek. He's an author. Uh, he is a consultant. He's a professor at Columbia University, and he's interviewing, having this conversation with uh, the CEO of Airbnb, Brian Chesky. Now, Airbnb, anyone ever stayed in an Airbnb? I've stayed at a few. We like them. We're like, man, I like these people's houses. I'm going to go stay. I mean, think about the concept. I'm going to stay at other people's houses in other cities and just like, I mean, I mean, it's pretty, I mean, when you think about it, now it's normal, but when you think about it, like, who came up with that idea? It's kind of like I lived in southeast Louisiana for 13 years. Who was the Cajun that walked around and go, that thing in the mud, let's boil a bunch of those and eat them, right? You know, but if you've ever had crawfish, you know you're glad they did, okay? You know, it's, it's like, who had that idea? And Brian is talking about within eight weeks, within eight weeks, 80% of what they generated their revenue from was gone. Because guess what? Nobody's looking to stay in other people's homes, and other people aren't looking for a bunch of random people to stay in their home, okay? And so he talked about how he was listening and reading to Andy Grove, who's the, the, one of the founders of Intel. And Andy said this. Andy said that bad businesses, what happens with bad businesses is bad businesses are destroyed by crisis. Good businesses will survive crisis. Great businesses are defined by crisis. Because they adjust and they pivot and they move. And he talked about how they, in two weeks they changed their business model. That Airbnb went from this connective experience to staying in other people's homes to pivoting and having these online experiences with, with uh, Olympians and people like Tony Hawk and all these different things. And you're going, okay, Pastor Chris, what's the point? I didn't know I was coming here for like a business you know, lecture because I want you to understand something. 
I want to talk to you like we're just having coffee. I, I want to encourage you and, and challenge you and help you see that, listen, what Brian was talking about was you can't just survive. We're not going to make it through 2020 just sitting as the people of God. I'm surviving, just waiting for it to change. There is more that God has in store for us. I'll put it in this context. Some of you love sports. Some of you not so much. Some of you love football. Some of you not so much. I happen to love football and love sports. I feel bad for all the other conferences that are north of the Big 12, SEC, and ACC because you're not going to get to watch football this year. It's all right. It's okay. It's okay. We love y'all still. Hook them horns. Anyway, so you look, and if, if you're like me, you watch a, a football game, and your team's coming out, and you're like, I want them to win, and they just dominate the first half, right? They're just on it. And then halftime comes. And you're like, oh, I can't wait. They're going to come out. They're just going to kill it, right? And, you know, they come out, and you're like, what are they doing? It's like, man, they're making mistakes and they're not playing like they were playing at the beginning of the game. Why? Because now they've changed their perspective. They changed their game plan. And rather than playing to win, they're playing not to lose. And if you think we're just going to survive through 2020, then you're playing not to lose. I want more than that for you because God wants more than that for you. I want us to play to win. I want us to play to win because God has got a purpose. God has got a promise. And he has things that he has in store for you. But we got to play to win, not play to not lose. So when we begin to embrace that, when we see that, that's why we have moments like prepare. That's why we have moments of going, how do we create an opportunity for you to continue to fuel that fire inside of you and fan into flame what it looks like to remain? What, what happens when you remain? What, what do you experience? Well, I think it's, it's some of the things that you'll experience as you prioritize, prepare. And I'm encouraged, I'm asking you, prioritize the next three nights. Fasting, praying, evening services. Even if you're doing it with just your family at home because you're not able to be here in the building. But here are some of the things that you're going to experience in moments like prepare. And it's why we as a church family, it's why we as a spiritual family, it's why we prioritize it. It's why we do it. Because we want you to win. I want you to win. If I would have ever sat down with you and had coffee or we've had a conversation, at the end of the day, that's who I am. I'm a coach. I want you to win. Like I'm a pastor and I love pastoring, but I just like coaching. I just like, I want to see you win. Let's do this. Let's go. There is so much in store for you. So much that God has for you. So principally, I'm setting up the fact that, look, we got to remain. Things are shifting and changing and so much may be uncertain, but you can still remain connected to God, spiritually dependent on Him, growing and developing that. But here's some practical things that, that you're going to experience. First is this. You're going to experience power. I'm like, wow, power, okay, is that like the worship, is that like the speaker, what is that? No, 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 it's Jesus. Power is in a person, that person is Jesus, and when, when, when you remain in him, when you set aside time and go, I'm going to prioritize time to come and be in God's presence, you experience the power of Jesus that transforms. This is not about information. It's not about coming to services to just get information. This is about transformation. This is about being in God's presence and experiencing an encounter with Jesus that will transform who you are and grow you in ways that nothing else can. 
It's power. And it's not just the power of Jesus. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. The gift that God gave once Jesus died on the cross and ascended to the right hand of the Father. Look at what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 through 12 says, However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who loved him. God has things prepared for you and me. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. What could happen when we started invite and start inviting the Spirit into our marriages just a little bit more, our relationships, our businesses, our boardrooms, our conversations with our family, in our family meetings, in our conversations with our kids? What could begin to happen as we begin to invite God's Spirit in a greater way. I want you to be able to have an opportunity. We want you to be able to have an opportunity to make it personal. Because when it's personal, it becomes experiential. And when it's experiential, it transforms you. I was sharing with uh, our, our kind of our, our, all our really serve team that gets ready to serve and make a way for you this morning just before service. Kind of do a little rally and we huddle up and I'll say a little something. And then, they, you know, because I like sports, you do a little break, you know, in the middle. We used to all come in, you know, when you didn't have social distance. We're all on top of each other. Everyone's hands on each other. It's great, you know. I'm like, Jesus on three. One, two, three, Jesus, you know. We're like, yeah, you know. Some people like it. Other people are like, nah, not my thing. But that's okay. We, we still do it. Now we do it from a good social distance. We just kind of all throw our hands in like that. And I shared this with them. I said, look, change of place, change of pace equals change of perspective. When you set aside time for prepare, you're creating a change of place. You're creating a change of pace, a different norm. You may have a different Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night routine. But when you do those things, you change the location. Man, I'm going to go to service on a Monday night. This is weird. Never been in a church building outside of Sunday, you know, or Wednesday if you have kids or students, you know. Monday night, wow, I'm going to come early for pre-service prayer. This is different. Okay, all right, prayer, awesome. Change of place, change of pace, you're changing the rhythm. Guess what happens? You get a change of perspective. There's power. There's power when you remain. That's why we do prepare to create an opportunity for you to experience power. Here's the second thing you experience, progress. Progress. When we look at progress, everybody wants to go to the next place in God, but the question is, are we willing to let God go to the next place in us? When we set aside time and we, we have a moment like preparing, maybe you come to pre-service prayer, you come uh, to the services and you've changed that pace up a little bit and you come and you begin to engage in that way, here's what begins to happen. When you begin to do those things, God begins to get at something inside of you. It's amazing how it's real easy to see the faults in other people. The devil will always speak to you about everyone else. Holy Spirit wants to talk to you about you. So sometimes they're like, man, I ain't prepared to come prepare. God may tell me something about myself. 
I know I'm ready to hear about myself just yet, you know? Let's just keep talking about them. Can we keep talking about them? Like, you know, I mean, take that, that, that microcosm plays out. It's your spouse, it's your coworker, it's your boss, it's your employees, like them. The Holy Spirit's going, no, 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 how about you? Well, here's what begins to happen. So how do we do that? How do we make that progress? Well, you got to do something different to get to a different place. Challenge yourself and grow. That's why we fast together. That's why we do a fast. You go like, fast? Wow. You know, some of you, I shared this last week. Some of you are in here like, whoa, he just dropped the F-bomb. I'm not ready to fast. I don't know about that, you know? What does that mean? What does that look like? Well, here's what fasting is. I'm going to share this with you. Because this is what begins to happen. What is fasting? It's restricting food for a spiritual purpose. You're saying, I'm setting aside time and I'm going to fast. There's different types of fast, but you're setting aside time for a different purpose. And you're, you're setting aside this time and you're restricting food for a greater purpose. You're going, this is what I want to do. I, I, I'm, I'm setting this aside so I can grow in this way. Because again, this isn't about perfection. It's about progress. So it's not like, oh, am I going to fast right or wrong? There's different types of fast, Daniel fast, liquid fast, different things like that. But it is food. You know, some of you are like, you know, I'm fasting doing homework. You know, all the students, I'm fasting doing homework. They're like, you don't want to do homework anyway. What are you talking about? You know, it's like, no, there's something that, that, that you're really going, hey, I'm setting this aside so I can focus on the spirit. How long are we fasting? Sunday evening after dinner, tomorrow night, or tonight, I'm sorry, until Wednesday evening after service. And they go, well, I'm not prepared, Pastor Chris. Well, then, okay, start up tomorrow, all right? Some of you, you're here, this is your first time hearing about prepare, hearing about fasting, hearing about us doing it together, okay? So, so you can do that starting tomorrow night. And I'm just telling you, Wednesday night, it's like every, I don't know why, like Mexican food is like the holy meal after you break a fast, but it is, I guess chips and salsa, I don't know. Every Mexican food place open around here after Wednesday night service is going to be jam-packed, you know? It's just, everyone just leaves Milestone Church and goes, <laughs> Blue Goose will be thanking us, you know? It's like, hey. But why do we do this together? Because there's a biblical pattern. When we fast together, we experience unique benefits together. There's power in that. It, 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 God begins to do something as we do it corporately and we come together. And you can see that pattern all through the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. Call to a fast. So there's, there's progress that begins to happen. There's things that we begin to experience. And, and it, what begins to happen is we set ourselves aside for this significant moment and this significant purpose. And we want to be ready for God to do what he wants to do inside of us. And that's why we fast. That's why we have moments like prepare. Here's the last thing that we'll experience is purpose. Purpose. H- how do we find purpose? It's through prayer. It's through prayer. Every time you fast and you pray, you begin to discover new things about God, about yourself, about relationships. You stop a minute, you slow down, you pause, you're, you're hearing God and listening, you're tuning in. It's like an antenna. You don't have to have all the answers. Just stop a minute, just tune in. God, what are you saying? What are you wanting to do in me? What are you speaking to me? What are you wanting to show me? And so there's this purpose that begins to come about. You see, We focus on the future. We really dial into that. But the way we really focus on the future is by praying for perspective today. God, I need to see my situation correctly. I need to see you correctly. I need to see myself correctly. Sometimes that's the biggest hindrance for a lot of us. We don't see ourselves correctly. 
So we don't see what God is wanting to do in and through us in the season that we're in. But what begins to happen is as we set aside time to pray, then we begin to gain a greater level of purpose. I want you to look back at this, uh, this prayer card. And on the back, or on the front, however you, whichever way you pick it up, there on one side it says, this fall I'm praying for the following. And I want to encourage you to start writing some things down. You may start, you already know, you're like, I know what I'm praying for for my family. For my, I have six of these. I had, I had five, but I get two in 2020. I had one from January, and now I got another one. And it's amazing because I can go back and I can see where God in his faithfulness has answered these prayers. And I see how he's moved. And some he answered within that year. Some he answered a few years later. But I'm reminded of his faithfulness. And I'm just going, God, I'm believing for you to do a mighty work in my heart and in my life. There may be things that you're praying for that are specific that we can join with you. Well, you can't leave us this. But what you can do is on the way out, there's a prayer wall in the back. You can write your prayer need on there. And many of you, you may have written one today in a, on the connection card and you'll drop it in the giving box on the way out and that's great, but write it on that wall. Here's why. Because at noon, our staff and some of our key leaders will be praying over those tomorrow, Tuesday, and Wednesday. But then at six o'clock for pre-service prayer, we'll be praying over all of those needs. Because we believe that prayer is a first response, not a last resort. Prayer works, and we believe in the power of prayer and that God is going to work and move. And so we're going to join together in what this looks like. And so you can play a part in that. I'm going to pray for you here in just a second. And the truth is, all of us can, we can engage and be a part at different levels. Okay? You may, because of work, you're joining us online, and that's awesome. Fast, pray, still. If you are joining us online, let us know. I will, we will, we're going to receive communion together each night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. I'll send you. We will send you communion elements to your house. Really? Yes. If you let us know. I can't be there. I'm going to be Someone told me today. He serves on our team. If we're not able to be there, I'm going to send I'm going to make sure they leave with communion elements. At some point, I'm going to make sure they get them. Because we want you to be able to not just watch and view. We want you to participate. And experience. Because we believe that in this moment, you'll experience the power of Jesus. You'll see progress in your life, and you're going to discover greater measures of purpose. There's breath in your lungs. God's not done with you. We sang about it. We sang about it today. If I'm not dead yet, God, you're not done. Romans 8, 28, God works all things out for the good of those who love him and call the corner to his purpose. If it's not good yet, the situation you're in, if it's not good yet, he's not done yet. He's still working and moving. He's still working and moving. So we're going to do this together. But I'm asking you, I'm encouraging you, prioritize this time. Here, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. There's, there's some simple things, some steps. How can you participate and prepare? Because again, I want to make it real practical. But remember where we started. It's the principle of what? Remain. Jesus said, you remain. I'm the vine. You're the branches. You remain. Moments like this, like prepare, it's giving an opportunity to continue to fuel that and develop spiritual dependency so that you can remain. This won't be the last time. It may not be a global pandemic. It may not look like it does now. There will be another time in life where things shift and change unexpectedly for the whole world or just your world. 
The question is, will you remain? We can, and you will. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Fill out that prayer card. Take it with you. Pray over it. Look at it. What are you really believing for? Sometimes, sometimes that's the biggest part and the hardest part for us because you're going, man, is God really going to do it? Second thing is this, fast. Step out. Maybe you've never fasted before. I think of uh, an individual, a lady last year. She, had not really, she was really nervous, anxious about it. She did it. She stepped out in faith, and God met her. It was powerful. Third thing, come to pre-service prayer, 6 o'clock, right in here. We're going to pray over those needs. We're going to pray over specific things. We're going to pray for our church. We're going to pray for the next generation, for our kids and for our students. If you're like, oh, I can't get here at 6.15, great, get here at 6.15. I can't get here at 6.30, get here at 6.30, get the last few minutes of prayer. But come to pre-service prayer, and then last, come to service, either online or on site. Because when you do, God's going to meet with you. You're going to experience the power of Jesus. You're going to have progress. You're going to discover the purposes that he has in store for you.